Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry to impact your life. So share your story with us at info at And if God is using this ministry to impact you, we would like to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do so online at fellowshipgj.com. Select the giving option that works best for you and help us bring the message of Christ to this community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, I love to hear you laugh and I love to watch you have fun. I don't allow there to be anywhere I speak monitors that shoot back at me. Now, a lot of speakers like that. I don't like that. I don't want to hear myself. I want to hear you. Because if I hear you, then we can respond. I, I like engaging with you. And last week, I saw something in our church family that I wasn't sure existed. And that is, you people know how to move. I saw dancing going on in your seat. I saw a lady that was 90 going like this in her seat. I mean, it, it was so much fun. And, you know, and I didn't really do anything last week. You know, I think, I, I think Julie and Tim worked harder than I did last week. But it was so much fun. And afterwards, people said, oh, yeah, you know, this is my type of music. And, and, and a couple of women said, they, they said, on one of those songs, we almost got up and did a line dance. I said, you should have. If you'd have got up in the middle of church service and did a line dance, we would have turned one of the cameras on you. We would have uploaded it to YouTube. We would have put a title on it. People break out doing line dances in a church service in Colorado. It would have went viral in about a day and a half. But it's too late today. You don't, don't do it. The moment's passed. Now, the mo moment's passed. It's kind of bothering me here. Huh. I got a... I, yeah, this is bothering me. Let me. Can I take care of some business for a minute? Okay. So I, I carry a front, a front pocket wallet. It's real thin. And, and anytime I got a lot of small bills, you know, it just, it, it just, it just makes, it makes it uncomfortable. So uh, maybe I can get a little help with this. I'll get back to what I was doing here in a second. But, um, do we have any single moms over here in this, this section right here? Single moms here, single moms there. Oh, yeah, I pull out money and single moms are everywhere. <laughs> You're 12, you are not a single mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking with you. Over here, how about this section here? Okay, you're kind of closest, okay. Would you happen to have a $100 bill on you? You actually do have a $100 bill? You're a single mom and you got a $100 bill on you? Wow, okay, come on down here for a minute. I won't embarrass you. I promise you that, I won't embarrass you. If I embarrass you, I, I won't, okay. You have it? You actually have it on you? Okay, good. So, are you good with this? So, I give you some smaller bills for your hundred. Yep. Is that cool? Can I let me see it? Make sure it's real. <laughs> All right. Do you know me? Yep. How long have you been coming here? A year and a half. A year and a half. Uh huh. Okay. So, and you're a single mom. Yep. Okay, cool. So, thank you for that. Let me. I got. See what I got here. Help me count this. I don't know. It's, it's twenty. Forty. Uh oh. Fifty. Fifty-five. There's one, two, three, four, uh-oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> How much was that? Is that like 61? 61, hmm. Do you trust me? Okay. 
don't go anywhere, right? Just stay right here in the service. Don't leave till the end, and I will settle up with you. Okay, trust that? Okay, cool, okay. You know why she hesitated? Because she got shortchanged. See, financial back and forth stuff like this is not the only place where people get shortchanged. Sometimes being shortchanged means you put something more of yourself into something than what you get back out of the investment. Sometimes you can invest into a person all that you have, trying to create as much joy as you can, and you don't get back as much as what you put in. Sometimes when it comes to a job, you'll invest more into that job than what you get out of that job. Sometimes that happens with people. Sometimes that happens with situations. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what it's like to put more into your children than you are right now, getting back from your children, or your grown children are away, and the investment hasn't returned. Nobody likes to be shortchanged. Nobody likes to invest more into something and not get back out of it. At least your investment. At least that. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the possibility that you have invested more into life and others and you have not received the joy in this life that you thought you would be at at this stage. Let me pray. Father, we love you so much. You're so good to us. Love to see the people in here laugh and smile and have a good time. Love that. There are too many things in our lives, Father, that are serious, really serious. And sometimes when we go to church, we go to church hurting. We need a word. And sometimes, Father, laughter just doeth good like a medicine. Bless the service today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to fly very quickly through this. Follow along. Last week I gave you the parable Jesus was sharing with his people out of Matthew chapter 25, verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. That's what I'm going to do with a single mom in a minute. Settle the account. So he who... And now, this is important to know. There was a Lord. There was a master in the story. There were three people that he chose. He chose to give one five bags of silver. He chose to give another one two bags of silver, and he chose to give a third one bag of silver. Now, he could decide to give them whatever he wanted to, or he could decide to give it to somebody else and not them because it was his money. And he said, I'm going away. You don't know when I'm coming back, but when I do, we'll settle up together. All that I have given you is mine. Don't forget that. So he had one who had received five talents or five bags of silver came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you have delivered to me five talents. Look, I gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things, period. Watch this. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Psalms chapter 4, verse 3 on the side screen. You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Many people say, who will show us better times? Uh, let your face shine on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy. Who's the giver of great joy? Jesus. You've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain 
and new wine. I got greater joy than those who have more material things than I do. In peace, this is one of Anna's favorite verses, in peace will I lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord will keep me safe. Psalms 51 verse 12 says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now you cannot restore that which you have never had. So what this verse says is that this individual, David, had joy at one time and then he lost it and now he needs it back again. Let me say it again. He had it at one time and then he lost it or she lost it and now they need it back again. Promises of God to his children concerning joy. The Lord says, I will give you back. This is Joel chapter 2. I'm just reading. I will give you back everything that you lost. I will give you back the years that were wasted. I, the Lord, said that he would do this in Joel chapter 2 for his children. Isaiah 61 verse 7 says, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. That's the verse. I'm going to give you back double for your trouble. Job chapter 8 verse 5 says this, but if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore. And though you started with little, you will end up with much. I want to begin by asking you this question, and I want you to answer it by applause. Are you really and truly aware of the fact that your Father God is a promise keeper? Would you applaud if you believe that? He's not only a God that articulates his promises to us, he is a Father God who executes and watches over the promises he makes. Jeremiah said it this way, God watches over his word in order to perform it. Because if God said it, if he promised it, then it has to come to fruition in your life, regardless of what the situations, regardless of what the circumstances. If life threatens the performance of the word that God spoke, he has and he will continue to intervene into the affairs of human history. And he will break natural rules and he will break natural laws. Why? To prove the point that his promises are going to happen no matter what. He will cause Jericho walls to fall with a shout. He will cause red seas to part. He will cause water to come out of a rock. He will cause manna to fall down from heaven, and he will make dead people get back up again if that is what he has to do in order to keep the word, the promise that comes out of his mouth. Because our God is committed to keeping his promises to his people. Now, there are some of God's promises that are going to happen no matter what. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. What God said is going to happen is going to happen. Jesus said, if you crucify me, I'm going to rise back up in three days. Nobody had to do anything. Nobody had to say anything. No one had to make preparation for that. He said he was going to do it. Didn't have anything to do with you. He did it. He says, I'm coming again. You can't stop it. You can't help it. You can't usher it in. You have to do nothing in order for that promise to be, come to fruition. If Jesus said, I'm coming again, he is coming again for us. He's going to drag us out of this world that is not our home. He is going to put us in heaven, those of us that know him as our Lord and Savior. That promise is happening for his children, and no one on this earth can stop it. However, 
There are promises in the Bible that Jesus gives to you and I that are conditional. They have provisions. There are prerequisites that are attached to them. Those of us who teach the Bible know of these particular promises of what we call if-then promises. If-then promises. First Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 on the side screen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. He says, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So what God is saying is, in many of the areas where he has promised you joy, let's just stick with joy. He has promised you joy. There are some things you have to do in order to receive his joy in this life. I'm talking about joy that is deep down inside of you that changes the atmosphere of the room that you walk in. If you are going to be this kind of joy-filled person, God says, I've got it for you. It is a whole nother level of emotional quality that I make a promise to give to my people, but you have to do certain things in order to receive it. Jesus, God said this, I'm committed to doing my part, but you got to do your part. I'm on the edge of my seat ready to do my part. I'm reaching over the top ring of the wrestling match. I, I just tag me. Just, just reach up. All you got to reach up. I'm ready to go. Reach up and tag me. You do your part. I'll come in and I will do my part. But those promises are conditional. You have to do your part first. God's provisions, therefore, are God's pathways to his promise. And... God promised his believers an upgraded quality of their emotional life. If you and I will just do our life his way, and that promise of an upgraded emotional life is what we call joy. Now, when Jesus is teaching this parable, and by the way, a parable is a fictitious story that teaches a religious principle. Many times when Jesus would teach parables, he would do so so that you might be able and I might be able to understand them better. He would take something in the physical realm to be able to explain something that was going on in the spiritual realm. He would take something that was natural to explain something that was spiritual. And if you'll watch the teaching of Jesus, Jesus was like, I am not trying to impress you. I am trying to impact you. I'm not trying to go deep. Deep people drowned. I'm trying to give you something that can help you. I can't tell you the number of times over the last 42 plus years of ministry where people have come up to me, Pastor Hooper, I just want to go deeper in the Word of God. Can we just go deeper? And I'm like, why do you want to go deeper? What is your motive? So I can go deeper. Really? Really? How's your marriage going? Oh, uh, you know, she's she about to leave me. Uh-huh, yeah. Hey, you doing at work? Well, they want to get rid of me. So you want to go deeper and be able to tell me the year that the Amalekites entered into the Negev in the book of First and Second Samuel. But you don't want to get practical teaching from God's Word that can make a relationship work because you'd be a better representative on the job at the work, for God on the workplace. Oh, no, no, no. You watch the teaching of Jesus. Jesus was all about making an impact and not impressing you with his knowledge. He was about giving you stuff and information so you might have the kind of life he wants you to have, that you might have it to be filled with joy. And yeah, you can go deep. We go deep in the Word of God. Tim, Rebecca did that the last couple of days. But what God wants you to learn here is simply simple ways to be able to jump in line with receiving his promise of joy in your life. 
So he tells them. He says, I'm coming back, but you don't know when I'm coming back. He said, when I get back, you're going to give an account. He said, you're going to tell me how you used what I gave you. And he said, said, even though he's gone for a long time, don't be confused about the fact that what you have, I own it. So you just manage it. The five-talent guy steps up, five bags of silver. He's given an account to the master, the Lord, and, and the master, what'd you do with it? And the guy with five talents said, I got him right here, five bags of silver. Boom, and watch this. I invested it in such a way that I've got five more for you. I'm a hustler, Lord. You don't put something in my hand that I don't increase. I have the anointing of addition on me. Whatever you give me, I'm going to make it better and return it to you. Give it to me however you want to give it to me. But I'm going to invest my time, my energy, and that resource which you gave me, and you're going to get back more than that which you gave me. And the Lord said, that's good, that's good. The two-talent guy returned the two bags of silver with two more bags along with it. God said, that's awesome, that's wonderful. And now we got the one-talent guy. Uh, what would you do with it? And he's like, listen. Listen, man, this is what happened. I don't play around with other people's money. So what I did is what I did. Now, I took it and I buried it. And the Lord was angry with him. Read the rest of the story. The Bible took that one away from him and gave it to the two that had more. And the one man was left with nothing. And you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't, shouldn't the one person that didn't have but one and that's all he had, shouldn't those that had 10 and 4 shared with the one that had just one? And are you telling me Jesus took away from the one that had one and gave it to the people who had more? Is that not what you just saw? Well, that doesn't look nice. No, you know what it does look like, though? Fair. Because it belonged to the master all along. He could give it and he could take it any time that he wanted to. So watch what happens here. The one talent guy, what'd you do with it? Well, what'd you do with that creative mind? Nothing. And done nothing with it. What'd you do with the dream that was put in your heart? Nothing. I got busy. Life passed me. What'd you do with that job? Eh, mediocre employee. Not much. What'd you do with that marriage? What'd you do with that woman? What'd you do with that man I gave you? Nothing. What'd you do with the dream? Let me tell you, a lot of you young people, listen to me. Those of you that are younger, many of you are going to see the death of your dream by simply doing this. Scrolling through what everybody else is doing with your life. And you returning to God the same of what he gave you. The Bible tells us that there's more to the story. After he tells them that they've done, been good and faithful, the guy with five, the guy with two, he said, I'm going to make you ruler over many. Then he says this, enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, this is critically important for you to know how to be a joy-filled person. Are you ready? The blessings that they got was not just economic the blessings they got was also emotional. Do you see that? As a result of the way that they steward what God gave them, 
It was the stewardship of what God gave them that resulted in them going, going to a place called joy. Watch it. The path to joy is a street called stewardship. And the one who thought I only had one, it doesn't make any difference what I do with it. No, it does make a difference what you do with it. You may not have been given what somebody else had. You may not have come from a perfect family. Your father may have been an alcoholic. Your parents may have been addicted. They may not have provided for you and showed you a great work ethic growing up. But none of that has anything to do with what God has personally given you. And when you steward that which God has given you, God will increase it. And also economically, he adds the emotional side of joy to it. When I'm going after joy, go after being a good steward. Stewardship, management, management, stewardship. It is possible for you to have good morals. That'll make you a good person. But good management makes you have a good life. Well, I'm a good person, where's mine? Not about being just a good person. It's about being a good manager. God says, here, here's a, here man, here's a, here Hooper, here's a woman right out of high school. Here's a marriage, what are you gonna do with it? I have the gift of anointing on me. I have the anointing of addition on me. And that addition means that I take what God made gave me and I make her better. And as two barely out of high school kids, we made each other better. And we made a marriage better. You show me a man, you show me a woman who does not steward or manage or the word, the word that, that God uses here is take dominion over or control. If you show me one that doesn't, who receives a marriage or receives a family, but they do not manage that marriage and they do not manage that family the way that they should manage it according to God's will, then you are going to show me a marriage and a family that has no joy in it at all even though they're good moral people and they don't cheat on each other and they work really hard. It is the management of what God gives you. Look at this on the side screen. And the primary thing that you must manage correctly in order to have a joy-filled life is your time. Looking around this room, there are many of you that have... Uh, people on your payroll that are making you miserable. And you're not paying them with money, you're paying them with your time. You're paying them with something that you can never get back. Spend money, you can get money back. Spend your time and you will never get it back. So you gotta ask yourself, who's on your payroll? And why am I allowing people to be on my payroll that are making me miserable? I'm about to fire them. We, uh, we have what's called a no-cap zone in here. And that means everybody under 18 just knew what I meant. Everybody over 18 looking at me like, what do you mean no-cap? Ask somebody who's a teenager. Jason, you know what no-cap means? Yeah, I thought you did. Do your parents know? No, they don't. But it basically means this, we're not exaggerating. I'm gonna tell you the absolute truth. Absolute truth, not gonna waste your time on anything else. Many of you have people in your life that you are giving time to, that are using your time not to benefit your priority, 
but to benefit theirs. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Many times, people who want to take up your time have an agenda to take up your time for what best benefits them and not you. Tell me, dear parents, the last time your kids came to you, said, Mom, Dad, hmm, what can we do this week that would make your life better? <laughs> Nothing? What works best for you with my schedule? Huh? Let me take some of my allowance money and put it in your car for the taxi service you provide me. You ever, you ever get that? We got teenagers on the front row going. <laughs> Many times there are people in your life who are not going to add to your life. They're just going to use up your time. And then you start wondering where your dreams went. You got 168 hours in every week. You got enough time to do everything that God wants you to do, but you do not have enough time to do everything that everybody else wants you to do. And those things are joy suckers in the life of the most committed Bible reading Christians. And it will not change until you become a better steward of the time that God has given you. There it is. I thought you'd tell me something easier. Nope. I told you something you have to manage better. That's all. I got to settle up. We're out of time. Single mom. Come back down here. Did you tell me your name was Jordan? Did you? Okay, come on back down. We got to settle up. Okay, so uh, stand right there. So I gave you how much? 61. Did you bring it or did you leave it back here? You still have it? Okay, cool. Okay, so, so um, I have in my pocket, I have What's that? What's that right there? What's that say right there? American, American Express. Okay, American Express gift cards. Okay, watch this. Each one of these are worth $50. You can spend them on gas. You can spend them on groceries. You can, you can go to a, to a spa and get like a mani-pedi. And do you know why I know the word mani-pedi? Because Pastor Tim goes and gets them all the time. I'm not saying a man can't get a mani-pedi if he wants to. It's just when he comes back with colored polish is when I got a problem. We'll edit that part out. For his. So these are $50 gift cards. You got 50, how much? 61, so here's 50, right? And here's 50 more, right? And here's 50 more, right? And here's 50 more, right? So that 200 what? 261. Okay, so, so, so there's that original 100, and you can have that back, okay? And yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, look at that. I got another $50 gift card. And oh, another $50 gift card. And I got an AARP discount card. <laughs> How many of you are insulted when you started getting AARP stuff in the mail? Yeah. Now I, I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> so that won't help you, so I think we're done. Right? Okay, is that good? We good? Right? Yours. Oh, wait, wait. Underneath my AARP gift card is an emergency $100 bill. And you can have that too. 
Love you. That's yours. Okay, now what happened? <laughs> she goes, me, I'm next. <laughs> Here's the thing. She trusted me. She just did what I asked her to do. I told her it would be okay. She stayed close because she knew I was not going to break a promise to her. Right? So some ball-headed pastor in Grand Junction ain't going to break a promise to a single mom. How much more do you think your heavenly father would dare break a promise to you? But, child of God, you have got to live your life the way he wants you to live it. Let me speak this over you in the name of Jesus, Jordan. I don't know you, but I believe God is going to bring some incredible people into your life. He's going to get a bunch of losers out of your life. If you've been a loser magnet in the past, that magnet's going away. And God's going to bring somebody in your life that's going to make your dreams come true. Now, because you stood up in front of this service, that also means there's going to be some creepers that come around. <laughs> He's going to give you discernment to be able to tell which ones are creepers and which ones are truly godly men of God. And I believe that over every one of you. I really do. All you have to do is stay faithful, walking out what God said. He's watching over his words of promise to you to perform it, and he will. You know why? Because he knows better than anybody. Joy looks really good on you. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.